Hello, and welcome to Celebrating Differences, a podcast about people and their stories. Today is the 66th episode of our podcast, and we will be talking with Ben Rowell, Business Development Director for a company called Lane Shift. I'll let Ben talk about the company when we, when we talk. I met Ben because Lane Shift uses Austin as an example of good municipal focus on active transportation infrastructure. That means bike lanes and sidewalks. Our neighborhood is a great example of what can be done when redevelopment of a brownfield site is done right. Lane Shift has asked me to lead bicycle tours of this area for their clients. So, yes, we will talk a lot about bicycles, but also about walking and affordability and Ben's story. So let's meet Ben and spend some time together. And a friend of mine said the other day, every person's a story. And we want to know what your story is, Ben. Where were you born? When were you born? Um, You said you're a boomer in a millennial body. And, you know, give us some of that background. How'd you get where you are? Uh, You know, I'd like to say, like, it would be really cool that my life was on this really nice neat trajectory where it just did this and I've kind of made my way. But if you look at it on a map, it actually is more like just kind of zigzags and plot points all around the world. And I, I grew up, I was actually born in Louisiana, like yourself. Uh, I don't, I don't tout myself as someone from Louisiana. I was from Shreveport. So really I'm just, a. it's just kind of South, South Arkansas, if you will. And um, grew up there only for the first few years of my life. Now my whole family's still down there. But uh, my dad, shortly after I was born, went to Texas A&M to get his PhD. So we packed up and moved to Bryan College Station, not too far from you. And was there for the first uh, about four years of my life. Um, And then my dad got his PhD in psychology there. And we shortly moved up to central Arkansas after that, where I spent most of my life, 20 years of it, in, in Conway, Arkansas, actually, which is a college town smack dab in the middle of the state. So I grew up there, uh, not really having any involvement whatsoever uh, with biking. Um, in my formative years, it was mostly ball sports. Um, and then I really became this rebellious type figure where uh, I was counterculture. I wanted to skateboard and play Halo with my friends and not really do anything in school. And so that wasn't really a smart idea, but that was how I viewed life and the way it should be done, I guess. And once I got into college, you know, where I initially didn't want to go, my dad just said, hey, son, look, uh, college is going to be free. I'm a professor here at the university. Please just go and get a degree. Um, and so went, went there for a four-year degree, knocked it out in seven and a half years and, and got a degree in digital filmmaking there. And through that time, I did a couple of things that were pretty informative uh, in just shaping who I am today. One of those was uh, getting involved with an organization called Young Life. It's a, it's a national organization, um, and it, it really caters towards high school age students and college students. Uh, and so that ministry was really important for me, uh, just growing up and learning how just to live life and, and really having some really tight knit friendships through that. But one of those friendships actually led me to get onto a bicycle. I never really thought about biking, never had 
crossed my mind. I really was playing ultimate Frisbee and doing, um, working out and I sprinkled in some mixed martial arts there. Never really crossed my mind. And then my friend was like, Hey, I'd love to do a triathlon with you. Maybe we mm. should go do a triathlon together. I think that'd be a lot of fun. It's a good place to start. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go do a triathlon. And oops. Yeah. I went into the bike shop. I got to meet Eric, the owner of the ride down there in Conway, still just a tremendous man and uh, a mentor of mine and and just love him to death. And he gave me a bike for some steal of a deal. As soon as we got into the water, you know, the first swim that me and my buddy were going to do, he dove in and he popped immediately up and he was like, <gasps> I don't, I can't do this triathlon. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I got water in my ears. I don't like this. I am done. And so we literally day one, he wasn't even going to do the triathlon. I couldn't convince him. So I stuck it out, did some running, did some swimming and, uh, did the bike part. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't glamorous, but I got it. I got through it. And, uh, was it a full up. 70? It was no, it was like a sprint triathlon. Okay. Okay. But it was in the middle of October and it was like 50 degrees and raining. It was miserable. I was just, yeah, didn't do any open water swims, never knew how to properly swim. I mean, all of it was just building up to be a disastrous triathlon. Um, and through that though, I, I ended up falling in love with riding a bike. Um, I think it was the sense of the freedom that I got from it. You know, I could go so much further. I could be fit. I could go see cool things that I couldn't see on a run because I'm confined to seven miles at the most. You know, with a bike, I can go out and ride for two, three hours, get out into the country, see some of the sights I probably would never have seen had I been on, on foot and really just began a, a lifelong adventure uh, and, and love for biking. And out of that actually came an opportunity uh, a year later to jump on board the team at the ride. And so I actually started riding a bike then jumped on board with Eric and his team at the ride, started working there through college. Uh, and then just that love for biking just grew and grew. And the outflow of that was opportunities to get more people involved, um, do a little bit of volunteer work down there. There was a, um, a little side project nonprofit there that people were just getting donated bikes and putting these Frankenstein bikes together to donate to people who needed them. Um, we have a similar program here in Northwest Arkansas. that's much more uh, formalized and, and organized called pedal it forward. So it looked similar to that. Um, and then just continued that, that just continued to follow me everywhere I went and always had a love for biking. Uh, and then fast forward to 2013 and I moved up here. I met my now wife, Hallie. Uh, she was going to school up here. We were, um, we were dating long distance and I ended up moving up here knowing that she was going to have to continue school to get her master's. And I was pretty flexible. Um, I was working at a sign shop at the time and moved up here looking for work and found it pretty quick. And so that, that kind of moved into me coming up here right about the same time that all these things began to come online here in Northwest Arkansas. We had a year before was, was the Crystal Bridges uh, Museum Mm -hmm. of American Art going online. Then you had the Razorback Regional Greenway that came online just months after I got there. And then you had the slaughter pin trails that started building into the back 40 mountain bike trail system. And now what is known as one of the largest mountain bike networks, the greatest mountain bike networks in the world. Uh, it, and so it really, it just happened to be at the perfect time that I moved to Northwest Arkansas and started feeling like this is what I want to be a part of forever. This is the bike industry. 
active transportation, these things that I love doing, I want to just be a part of the community in any capacity that I can to find myself uh, integrated into this, what's going on here. Cause it's, it's not happening anywhere else in the world. Like it is here. It's like, you take all the, all the uh, bike and active transportation related um, careers and organizations and just, and just literally put them in a centrifuge and speed up the timeline. And it all got dumped out all at once. And it was just this remarkable experience to see all of this happening. And I began to pursue relationships. I began to pursue opportunities to just find involvement anywhere I could here in Northwest Arkansas. So I joined the National Interscholastic Cycling Association as a mountain bike coach. That's an amazing association. That's oh, incredible. A, a great organization. And, and to see the growth that we have now, I remember when it started, I was, I was a coach, right. You know, the very beginning when we had 250 students, we have over, I think it's close to 700 this year that we already have. So, you know, in five or now six, that's years, in what area? That's the whole state. Okay. Um, a vast majority of them are here in Northwest Arkansas though. Now, and I got asked, uh, do you work towards children with disadvantages? Do you help them out? Yeah, so there are programs that we have. Um, so the Walton Family Foundation is a, is a huge benefactor up here. Um, they 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 work with schools to do grant writing and get opportunities to get kids on bikes through the school systems. Uh, they have an arm called the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are a nonprofit organization who have some people that are that are solely focused on moving into these schools and being able to provide uh, one education and then two bikes. Uh, bike fleets for people to uh, kids and students to get involved in biking. And so that's one component of that. Um, there are also some national grants out there. Ride for Focus um, Specialized has some grants out there that schools have been, been able to acquire to bring in fleets of bikes. And so, yeah, at any point, um, kids have opportunities to, to ride the trail systems here in Northwest Arkansas. That's great. And a lot of these schools are, are within pedaling distance of mountain bike trails. And so I'd love to I, love to get a map that we could show when I when we finally do get this posted. I'd love to have a map of where the trails are and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure there's one online. What give me a direction to be thinking in? Yeah. So uh, the trail system, the brand is called Oz Trails. You can go to oztrails.org and just okay. look on a map and be able to find any trail system that you'd want to see in all the trails. And, the, and it's updated pretty regularly. And they okay. actually, uh, a gentleman that was on our tour to Miller with us this last time, Preston, he's in charge of updating, just continually updating the amount of trails being done. Okay. In the area. So that should be very updated and really easily accessible. And so I, you know, I, I did that, and what was funny was I, I felt like I could do more, so I joined the the NICA Arkansas Core Race Staff. And so every weekend there was a race, I was there. And um, they had an announcer, they had this, you know, guy, he didn't really love that. I don't think he wanted to be under, you know, on a microphone to talk. And one day I was just talking with the director, Kyla, and she came up to me and she goes, you know, I'd really like to see if you would be willing to talk into a microphone for these races. And I was like, I sure. Yeah, I guess uh, we could do it. And as it, you know, as time went on, 
um, found out that I really loved being a, being a race announcer. Um, okay. Probably just like my voice too much or something and felt like maybe uh, I could be just annoying enough to keep everybody's attention. And so for the last five years, this will be my sixth year as the race announcer for the state of Arkansas for the Nike races. And that has just been just so much fun. It's been such a cool platform. And, you know, you have kids coming up talking to you and asking you how you're doing and you get to interview kids in the crowd and see these kids just calling their names out all the time. And, you know, with 600 kids, the expectation that we have is that every kid hears their name. You know, in a normal race, you're not going to hear your name every single lap. Yeah. And so we have the way that we announce races, I think, goes above and beyond anything that you would see uh, across the states. And so it's really fun for me. We get to cheer these kids on and we get to be excited for them and they get to hear their name called maybe for the first time, maybe the only time anybody's ever gotten excited for them. And it just means so much to them. And so it's such a fun and rewarding way to give back. And I just have been loving it ever since. It's all about the bicycle. Yeah. About the bicycle. So that has gone on for a while. And in uh, 2000 and let's see, it would have been 18. Um, the company I was the manager of, I eventually, uh, it was time for them to move on. They, they wanted to raise grandkids and sell the business and be done with the sign shop that I was managing. And so I was, I was like, well, what a perfect opportunity to be able to find, um, a way in. And so I began to network and look at who's available, you know, who's in the bike industry. And uh, I thought I knew all the players. I thought I knew everybody, you know, just through Nika and just everybody. And I get a, I'm talking to my friend and he goes, Hey, have you ever heard of a guy named Ryan? And I was like, no, I, I, I don't think I do. He's like, well, he's pretty big in the active transportation world. Um, you definitely ought to call him. So I know this is coming. I call in like November and I'm like, Hey, you know, I left a voicemail. I'm Ben. I'm really interested and genuinely want to hear back from you about doing some work in the, in the active transportation world in the bike world. I hear you're the guy to talk to call me back. And I sit on that for, I think it was four months before he called me back. Wow. <laughs> and he goes, and it was like, he didn't miss a beat. He just picked up the phone. He's like, Hey, is this Ben? I was like, yes. He goes, hey, it's Ryan. How you doing? And I was like, whoa, okay. Didn't expect it. Didn't know it was coming. And he said, hey, I'd love to talk to you and hear what you're interested in and what you're doing. Told him what I was doing. Told him kind of my background and what he was doing. And he was really doing some remarkable stuff and really confident in what the, the, the products he, he had with Lane Shift. And it was just inspiring, I think, for me to be able to find somebody that passionate about it. And uh, it was perfect timing. They had finally closed on the business on April 1st, and I started work pretty much the same day with Lane Shift. And so I was able to just do a seamless transition, and I jumped right on board with Lane Shift three years ago almost to the day. So it's been really, really uh, an amazing ride. And as you know, we do a lot of great educational stuff where we're taking people uh, cross-country to explore different communities who have been doing active transportation and doing it well for a long time. And we get an opportunity to just be the people that help, I guess, shepherd along that process and be able to let people be inspired by what they see and experience as a benchmark that is Austin. So what? So that's so, kind of what led us to this conversation currently. It did. And it's, you know, my, my question is, okay, how, 
what's the geographic range of lane shift? Are they nationwide? Are they worldwide? Are they Northwest Arkansas? What's the focus of lane shift? And by the way, I love the logo. It's <laughs> that one right there? Yeah, that one we right there. Sell, we, we need to get you one. We're going to get you one. That's, we'll I will wear free. that. I'll wear that. Yeah, we'll, we'll sell it to everybody else. We'll give you one for free. <laughs> you know, for us, the, the focus area keeps expanding. Um, where traditionally we have in the last year been, you'd say at the beginning of my time here, we were focused on Northwest Arkansas and building relationships and bringing business here. Uh, and then time has grown, you know, as, as our company has grown, time has gone on and we have really expanded our reach a lot. And so we're in North, we're in Northwest Arkansas, we're in central uh, Arkansas. We're also in Tulsa, so we're in Eastern Oklahoma. We're in Southwest Missouri now. Um, and then we have relationships in Austin. So this, this just keeps beginning to, to build on itself as we scale and grow. And as we're um, gaining more traction with our with our team and our company and it is really cool to see and who knows where we're going to be in, in a year from now you know we may be in the states we may be um in the larger southeast region but i'm hopeful and excited and i know we're gonna really grow and your title is director of operations what does that mean ben you just do everything nobody else wants to do well well my title is uh develop business development director and oh, so okay. I okay. well, and and that you know, for a long time, it was uh, just Ryan and I in the office, and so it was it was wearing a lot of hats, and it was it figure out how to get it done, and that's that's really for me very exciting, um, and I love that aspect of just like you know we gotta we gotta do these things, and we gotta figure out how to do it, and um, we've been able to bring on Marina, who you met, and she's now uh, our project manager, and I've been moving over to business uh, development, and so. That has been um, also a really, really great tool for us, just in terms of getting our our name out there and, and, and getting more people um, out in front of them, letting them know what we're doing, letting them know we can help. You know, we can provide a lot of these tools that cities um, need in terms of using and utilizing active transportation, um, not just as a way to increase the quality of life for people there in their cities, but it could be an economic lever that you can utilize and pull and be able to just have access to uh, extended capital in your city, in your community. And we've seen that here in our region. And that's one of the, the big draws that we have for us is that Ryan historically knows from you know its inception, this active transportation uh, boom that we've seen in Northwest Arkansas and really been able to um, use that as like a laboratory. So people can come in from places that maybe traditionally they don't really feel or, or maybe even understand like what it is that active transportation can do for them. But then when we show them like, here's the result, here's the, here's the economic impact. And, and those can be, I can pull that for you. We have data out there. And it's actually from 2017, the Walton Family Foundation actually did do uh, an economic impact study to the tune of $137 million going into our economy just in biking alone. We can we can say now, you know, full-throated, like this is something that cities can do. And if you build the culture and if you build the infrastructure for all ages and all abilities, then you're going to get what we have. 
And so we want to espouse that to people and we want to encourage them, lift them up and work behind the scenes to elevate them to a, a position where they can, they can do that too. Well, I can say you're a believer. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't take much. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, here, it's, it's, it's really comfortable for me because this is what I've been working in for, you know, 25 years. And, but to watch what's happening in Northwest Arkansas, because I was traveling into there when, you know, Crystal Bridges was just a dream and we had, you had one uh, mountain bike trail and that kind of thing. And it, uh, I think I told you the story that I've come in and done a number of uh, trainings to train people to do bike rodeos. So that train people and I actually trained two of the Waltons and I thought that was cool. If they will step up and say, I want to do a bike rodeo, I want to help the kids, then anybody will. I mean, you know, it just means that everybody is on board. And that was really impressive. I What I thought was really funny was the two times we've, two of the three times that we've taken people to Austin, Texas, you've known one or two people yeah. in our groups and you're like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I, we trained you. <laughs> like, yeah. I just love that there's such a, it's funny, the degrees of separation from you is yeah. uh, at least a degree or, you know, and I was really uh, encouraged by that and glad that there's a, re- a rekindling there of, of you getting to see some of your, your fellow students and where they are now, Yep. you know, active transportation coordinator for the city of Fayetteville, the mobility coordinator for Fayetteville, you know, it's just these titles and I hope that's something for you that you can you can find a lot of enjoyment in to see how just how their careers have skyrocketed in their yeah. that year. It's been tremendous. Well, and it, you know, as I'm I'm getting towards the end of my career, uh, it's really fun to look back and say I made a difference. So yeah, uh, and you're making a difference. Uh, you know, you are having an impact on people and having an impact on your community. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen, but I also did a podcast with uh, Jill and she is really goodness. She's having an impact. Uh, Wow. I'm convinced that Jill can't go anywhere without having a huge impact. (laughs) I think I've gotten to know her through my time with Lane Shift. And every time I talk with her, I'm learning something new and just how profoundly um, uh, prolific she is in just getting things done. And it is like, she just inspires people. She, they get on board. They just believe in her. And, uh, and it's, it's so cool. I mean, it is, I, I did listen to that and I, I loved it because all of it's true. And it she, just sounds like Jill, right? <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I asked her, I said, do you ever get involved in anything you don't take over? <laughs> I told her for me, that's a compliment. <laughs> I do do that. And I think she does, you know, that she did her swim team. She did all those kind of things, but, uh, so, and she's, you know, really working on Springdale. Um, and so Springdale is part of the Northwest Arkansas geograph- geography. Yeah, more or less kind of shares the middle part. And okay. what, what I love, what I love about Springdale, there's a lot of things I just love. One is they're scrappy. Um, you know, from, from a, a demographic standpoint, they have a very, she talked about that, you know, huge Marshallese population, um, also huge Latino population. And it, it's just a very diverse culture. And even more interesting is, you know, at one point they're downtown prior to the Greenway coming in, um, was not seeing a lot of lift. 
then when the greenway was routed through the heart of the downtown, the economic vitality of the downtown exploded. And Jill was a big part of that too. And Jill currently is just being able to program that space and get such, such incredible um, just help and resources to make Springdale, in my opinion, uh, one of the more exciting downtowns that we have. Uh, she's and, and some of it's bike related, not all of it. But what I love is that because it runs through the heart of the downtown, even if it's not a bike specific program or event, you're pulling people off of the Greenway and they're stopping in and going, oh, hey, there's live music here. You know, oh, hey, wow, what is this going on? Let's go see what this thing's all about. And then additionally, you do have a lot of these events that are bike, <coughs> excuse me, bike related, um, including a Criterium series. You know, she's partnering with um, a local organization here to donate bikes. I mean, she's just getting it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. She is just getting it. And it has, um, because of that, brought in more development, better development. Um, the Design Excellence Program uh, through the Walt Foundation is going to revitalize one of the really cool parks right on the downtown edge. And it's going to be one of the most remarkable parks you'll ever see. If you can find some pictures of the Luther George Park, um, I can maybe find that for you. I think I've, I've looked and I'm pretty sure I found some of those. Yeah. Okay. It's huge. Yes. And, and they're going to have this really modern looking kind of clamshell amphitheater that can spin and turn where you have a real intimate, you know, uh, concert venue here and it turns this way and it's massive. And now all of a sudden you can have a three or 4,000 person audience to see a live concert, you know, um, other investors and developers are coming in and building uh, mixed use. The, the density is going way up and people are realizing that, you know, these, these small mom and pop stores, these shop owners, these retail spaces, these people that are food and bev, they're starting to realize that if they don't really move into the space of being open and available for bikers and people coming off the greenway, they're missing a lot of business. Mm -hmm. Now you've got bike racks everywhere. You've got signs that say bikes welcome. You've got built out environment stuff that wasn't traditionally there. Now you've got repair stations and people that just get that bikes are an economic driver and they're providing um, a, a significant tax base that wasn't there prior to having this thing go through the heart of their downtown. Do you have any numbers on how many people ride that trail? Because uh, that trail goes from Bentonville to Fayetteville? It, yeah, and actually into Bella Vista now. So okay. it's almost to Missouri at this point. Um, you know, there are trail counters at Bentonville at Compton Gardens, and there's a trail counter um, in Rogers. I'm sure there are others, and I don't know off the top of my head, but I know okay. there's a track of them. Yeah, I know there's a count. And yeah, I, I think I think I rode that before the trail was there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there well, were parts of it were there, I think, but not all of it. It's it's amazing. It it really is. And actually, uh, this last weekend was the. Um, biannual square to square ride. And so thousands of people rode on the Greenway wow. on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Matt Mahalovich, who was on our Austin trip. He's the active transportation coordinator. We had six and a half inches of rain in 72 hours and blew out, you know, just completely just inundated the, the trails and the Greenways and, and his team. I mean, that was Friday evening. They were still out there getting all the, the debris and silt and trees and everything deadfall out of the trails 
I went and rode it on Saturday and it was completely spotless. I mean, it was, it was remarkable. Wow. So, yeah. He was, he's out there just doing amazing things for the community in terms of keeping and maintaining his trails. So it was, so, it was remarkable. How long is that trail now that goes to Bella Vista? Uh, we're coming up or just hit 40 miles. Okay. Of continuous utility. Yeah. So, you know, uh, who is it? Uh, New York talks about the 750 miles. Of course, that's two trails, you know, like that in New York. Uh, but y'all could, y'all could get a lot of miles in if you went north south. Absolutely, yeah. And we're working on on connecting. You know, if you imagine, it's kind of a spine that that connects everything north and south. What we're really looking to do now is make a lot of connections off of those into the respective cities. You know, and so we're we're really pushing to that, working on the connectivity there. Okay. And that's been a big push now is just to get it all connected to the Greenway. So what role is Lane Shift taking in all of this? Right now, a lot of it's education. Um, a lot of the focus for us um, is, is doing education. Um, we've, we just brought in a civil engineer, and so now we have the opportunity to do um, some planning with, with the cities and with organizations here locally to, um, to work alongside them to, to look at different um, corridors and things like that as well. Our big focuses are, are a lot of planning and education. Um, those are our big buckets that we really work through a lot of. Um, and then we have design services as well. And those are things that um, are our bread and butter, I would say. And so a lot of what you saw in Austin or what, what you know about us in Austin, bringing people in, helping them explore and experience that, you know, we do that as well up here for developers and, and other organizations, architects. We've we've done these these um, benchmarking tours here, so that when the time comes and these greenways and these environments are getting built out, you know, they have um, basically a um, a way like a, a learning to be able to uh, implement this stuff on the ground. So we work behind the scenes. We don't really. We're not. We're not in the in the foray or the front of most of these things. We we like to be in the back and, and lift people up and um, let them take credit for everything and, and really just enjoy the the fruits of the labor and really just enjoy the quality of life that we've been given through that. Yeah, I've been impressed with your organization the way it, or the the organization of the organization and getting these groups to Austin and uh, around the city. And, you know, you say we're going to be there at such and such a time and you're there with lunch and, you know, and we go ride and we finish and everybody goes out and gets on the airplane. It, it really works out well. Yeah, there's a lot. It's, it's um, I would say that that tedious work, all of the, the tedium involved has been um, just a team effort. It's been a collaboration of 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 knowing that we want to provide an excellent, an excellent opportunity for people when they come do an active transportation academy, whether they do a benchmarking tour or they come to Austin on the excursion. We want it to be where they have to think as little as humanly possible about any of the logistics or what we're doing or where we're going so that they can really focus on taking in everything that includes having, you know, people like you coming in and speaking to them, they, all they have to do is soak it in like a sponge, you know, everything else is taken care of. And so we agonize and we sweat the details 
And I, I, I tell you, we revised, we revised, and I look at maps, I look at routes, I study elevation charts, you know, just stuff that I know. And then Marina gets the hotels and the rooms and the Airbnbs and just make sure that it's all just perfect. So then when it's time to facilitate, the only thing they have to do is just be present and take in, you know, the Miller district and take in all of the things you're telling about the Miller district or, or go talk to Laura Deerenfield and hear about what's going on in the active transportation world and the infrastructure being built in, in Austin. And they're just there to absorb and, and, you know, ancillary benefits are we eat good. And, you know, we like to have a lot of fun and we do a lot of great networking time together with them. And it builds a, a, a camaraderie that, that really lasts um, through their careers. And so we've really sweated all of that as a team and, and think that we have, you know, the best product, quite frankly, to, to bring people to these places to experience this. Laura's an amazing woman, isn't she? Oh, <laughs> uh, that may begin to yeah, describe Laura. She's oh my gosh, the stuff yeah. she is doing is and at the rate. Yeah. I mean, we were just so impressed. I'm so blown away by her and the team and how she gets things done. And I just every time we go, it's just like, oh, this is incredible. I'm so no, and she doesn't have an engineering background, but she works with the engineers and gets a lot out of her engineers and just gets stuff done in Austin that I never believed would ever happen. Yeah. Yeah, she does, you know, and, and she's doing tremendous work, you know, I know city work and it's not all that glamorous and, <laughs> you know, let me tell you the results speak for themselves when we go to Austin. And I know that because anecdotally speaking, when we bring people who, come from our region or they come in knowing us as an organization and they see what's on the ground there. Um, it's, it's eye-opening. So I, I do know that what she is doing is absolutely working. Have you gotten a chance to meet Nathan, Nathan Wilkes? No, uh -uh, I don't think so. He's, he's one of the engineers that works with Laura and he's, he's sort of been the, the chief of trying to get all this stuff done on the ground. And, uh, we love Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, you can tell the team, there's a lot of cohesion there. Yeah. So what's next, Ben? Well, you're just getting your feet, feet on the ground and really running with this thing now. Well, you know, it, it's funny. We, uh, we initially, so the idea of excursions actually was something that uh, we had talked about in early 2019. Okay. And so, you know, Ryan and I were in an office together, a little tiny office, and basically our, our chairs just bump into each other. If I slid backwards an inch, I'd hit him, you know, and we were turning around talking to each other all the time. And I was like, hey, what would it look like if we brought people to New York City on an excursion? And man, I just, the wheels started turning. And I was like, whoa, that could be, that could be incredible. And at the time, didn't really have a way in, well, the Arkansas, um, um, the Arkansas Bicycle Conference, I think I got that name wrong. Um, there's an annual conference for, it's here in Northwest Arkansas on biking in, in, in the state. And uh, the keynote speaker was from New York City, ended up getting to connect, connect with him and just kind of said, hey, what would it look like if we did this? And he said, oh, yeah, totally. Here's some resources. Here are the people. And really began to just, the puzzle pieces fell into place where we were actually designing 
this entire excursion, you know, all the logistics that you see in, in Austin, Texas and bringing in the people and writing and planning the routes, doing all of that. We did that for New York city. Wow. And it was on, it was ready to go and we were locked in and we had everybody signed up and that was in December. Let's see, we, December, we took our pre-trip <laughs> 19 and I know what's we going were on. like real excited. <sighs> and the, the trip was supposed to leave mid March, March 10th the whole entire country in the world was shut down yep. and we had to, we had to cancel the trip and all the hard work that went into it got tabled. So fast forward to, um, this past year and, you know, we felt like we were about to get out of the pandemic. We felt like we were really on our way and, and moving in to this really space where I think we could find some more cities that may be a little more open than New York be able to really run this trip and do it well. Now we would have to caveat and do a few different things. You know, the limited, we'd reduced our number of people that would be, be able to come each time to Austin, but we would still be able to execute. And so we did a complete pivot and we, we kind of took the, the game, the playbook off the shelf, blew the cobwebs off, um, tried to extrapolate all of the information and the way that we were going to execute New York and do it for Austin, Texas. And we asked the, the the group, hey, would you be interested in changing a little bit and pivoting and going to Austin? And they were like, giddy up, let's go. And so we made it happen um, in, in short order and, and did a, a quick pre-trip to Austin, Texas and felt really good about everything. Um, had, you know, um, our connection down there was John Zimmerman and um, John helped us get through the, you know, some of the finer points and details and connected us to some speakers and uh, off we went. And we executed two trips in 2021, and then we executed one this April. Um, and so there will be more to come. Uh, Austin is, is a tremendous eye-opening experience for everybody who comes. And, you know, one of the things that I think I love about what I do at Lane Shift is you get people that literally will write to us, this trip was life-changing. Wow. These trips are transformative to who I want to be. And that looks like a lot of things to a lot of people. It doesn't look the same. You know, some people will say, I'm going to commit to ride my bike. I'm going to commit to um, live a lifestyle where I'm in the, I'm on my bike. Um, some of them say, I'm going to commit to thinking outside the box of building just Greenway Trail. And I'm going to build on street. And I'm going to look at different ways of doing things that I normally would not have seen, but now that I know it can work uh, and it can be done, we're going to go for it. That stuff right there is, is really uh, why we exist to do what we do. But what you're doing, and it's, I used to uh, do walkabouts, pedestrian safety audits, and people have no idea. It's what they've always seen. It's what they think is real and it is the only thing. Mm -hmm. And you, show them what's done all over the world, what's being done differently, and then take them out in the street and say, what could you do? And it's amazing to what to watch that happen. And that's what you're doing. You're saying, hey, it's not like it's this way. It doesn't have to be this way. There are other people doing it. It's out there. It's on the ground and it's working. And so that's, you know, it's got to be a great feeling, Ben, when you get that all done. One of our one of our big takeaways when we do our active transportation academy which is uh, the big focus is here in uh, northwest arkansas 
one of the one of the big things that we do. Excuse me, just a minute. Um, one of the big things that that we focus on, I would say, is we want people to understand that there is not you can't just build infrastructure. Okay. You can build infrastructure all day long, but if you haven't created the demand or built in the culture, nobody's going to ride it. And then on the inverse of that would be if you just build a bike culture and they have nowhere to ride, nobody's going to ride because they have nowhere to ride. So what we do is we, we find a healthy blend of building out um, our, our programming around this idea of a combination of infrastructure and culture. And when we talk about culture, a big, big component of that is the empathy piece. You know, because it's not oftentimes people... Are, are, are having to ride. It's not because they are choosing to, they're not electing to ride because they want to, but if it's their only method of transportation, then what we ought to do is think about how do we provide dignity for those people in their, in their strife or whatever it is that they're going through that is allowing or causing them to actually need to have bikes as reliable forms of transportation and not just a recreational tool. And so we, we spend a lot of time diving into hard conversations with, with some of our stakeholders. Uh, and, and it is uh, all at the same time sobering, but very encouraging. And, and I would say probably one of the more uh, profound takeaways that we have in our programs. And so I don't want us to ever miss this idea that we just build infrastructure. That doesn't, that doesn't work anywhere. You know, sometimes if there's a place like Portland where there's pent up demand, yeah, you can build infrastructure and people will ride it. But in, in the South where there's sprawl and we've got, you know, suburban places pretty much everywhere and it's very car centric. We've got to really help people understand that, that there is a, there is a population out there that, that needs this and it's vital for their survival. You know, it can be the, the difference between um, missing court and losing your kids to the court system up to not being able to get to work and being fired. I mean, it's dangerously close and it's a pendulous thread that we walk when we talk about this as something that is critical infrastructure. And it's important that people know that that culture is tied in intrinsically to that. I had a great experience when I... <clears throat> a sprawl city near, near Dallas. <clears throat> uh, I was talking with the city council and the mayor and the mayor says, nobody rides. And I said, tomorrow morning, six o'clock, I want to have coffee with you at this coffee shop on this corner over here. And he says, are you kidding me? I said, no, says, you know, I want you to see something. So we're sitting there having coffee. And I said, you said nobody rides. He said, yeah. I said, look over there. And there's a bike locked to the front rail of city hall and he says yeah so what the cleaning one of the cleaning pit staff comes out with bags hooks the bags on the bike gets on the bike and rides off i said it's the people who are cleaning your building mayor they ride bikes because they have to they have no choice that's the only way they can get to work you've got to make it so they can do that and that was in Plano, Texas. And, you know, Plano was built after the cars, after the war. 
and it's totally car oriented. But some people have to get to work by bike. And it's the people who keep this world running who are doing that. Couldn't agree more. Yep. Couldn't agree more with you. We, we want to make sure that they have a voice and we want to make sure that they're heard. You know, this is something I think I've learned a long time ago is if, and one of the more profound things I learned through Young Life, and it's one of their, their mantras, is earn the right to be heard. And so for me to engage with, with okay. these high school students, they didn't trust me. They didn't know what I was about, you know. And, and so if I were to befriend these guys or girls or whoever it was, if I were to befriend these high schoolers and be a part of uh, their lives and be able to mentor and shepherd and guide them, it really looked like I had to earn that. Um, and, and they weren't trusting of me until they knew and got to know who I was and got to see the character and really know that like, I'm a safe individual. I do want what's best for them. And I want you to trust me when I tell you that I want to hear your thoughts and opinions about life. Now that, that same thing, when you look at it from this lens of active transportation, you know, we as, as people in the transportation industry need to earn the right to be heard. And, and I think we need to also understand that that works as a two-way street. And so um, there, there are people that live in communities and traditionally things have just been done to them. And so they throw their hands up in the air and say, well, it's just going to get done to us. There's nothing we can do to stop it. Um, what we want to do is give them a voice. You know, we want to be able to tell them we care about you and we want this to be done um, by, with, and, and, and through you and not to you. So we want your input and we value your input. And you need to trust us when we tell you that. Like we really want what's best for you because you know the community better than anybody else. And so what is it that would work here for y'all? Okay, why wouldn't you put this there? You know, oh, you don't think this is a good spot for this, uh, these, these bike racks. Okay, where would be a safer spot? Okay, well, I get it. That's under a street light. That would be a safer place. Good idea. You know, you have to, you have to really find the nuance and find these community leaders. And they're the ones that you're going to get a lot of empathy from. And you're going to really begin to understand just really what they're going through. And you may never fully comprehend. And I, I, I safely, it's a safe bet to say um, that you don't understand what they're going through, you know, but you can at least help them. I'll never know what, you know, goes on with what a lot of people have to deal with in life. And I don't claim to, but what I do claim to do is say, I, I want to help you to the extent that I can. And that looks like for us building in safe, comfortable and connected uh, infrastructure. So tell me about Ryan. Why did he start this? I know it, something about his background. And when you said you were in a small office with him, that must have been interesting because <laughs> one of the numbers I saw on Ryan is when he was playing football in the NFL, he was like 6'1, 300 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. 6'5, six, 300 six, pounds. It was, uh, yeah. yeah, getting through. Um, yeah, it was a, it's always a trip, you know, when, when you talk about, we love to make the distinction of someone that's a person on a bike versus a cyclist. Right. I love saying person on a bike. Uh, and Ryan, Ryan jokes, you know, like he's a person on a bike. You won't ever see him in spandex. Yeah. Ben over here on the other hand is a cyclist, you know, small little guy, 
yeah. rides a bike fast. You know, this is a cyclist. I'm a bike rider, person on a bike. Okay. So uh, that's a funny thing about him, but but I can appreciate it a lot because he doesn't. His lens is first and foremost active transportation, which is transportation focused, and then recreation second. Um, and his history really started at the Walton Family Foundation. And so he was one of the program officers for the home region where he was really supporting the, the implementation and installation of the Razorback Regional Greenway oh. and all of the soft surface trails that ultimately became the Oz Trails Mountain Biking Network. Wow. So like back okay. before the Mount Kessler was brought online, um, you know, back of Napkin was Centennial Park at that point in his career. And so for five and a half, six years, Ryan was was focused on doing education in the Delta um, and then additionally doing the project management and work for the implementation of all of the, the active transportation networks and the recreational soft surface trails that make Northwest Arkansas what it is today. Uh, so, you know, really that's where he cut his teeth on all of this. And part of that was that he had an opportunity to partner with people for bikes and lead a delegation to Copenhagen. Uh, great. And he'll tell you that that is really what set him on the trajectory of where he is today. He would say that was the precedent. Um, that was the one trip that ultimately changed the way I view the world and gave me this uh, desire to kick off lane shift. So that was when that was ultimately when he began to lay the groundwork and the foundation for lane shift and thinking like, this is something I can do and I can do it, you know, as good or better and execute this and have the knowledge to do education, have the knowledge to do all of the infrastructure work. And so he set out on his own to start, uh, it's been almost five and a half years since lane okay. shift started. So since then he's been doing exactly that. And I came on board, um, three years ago. So, uh, and then we've, we've brought on since then, well, since the last, I say eight or nine months, we've got in Marina who you've met our project manager, we've got a marketing, uh, coordinator. And then we've also got a civil engineer. And so we've had the opportunity to really use that as a launch pad to grow and be able to move into uh, more design work and more um, planning, you know, these things and doing bike and pet planning and right. strategic planning for organizations. That's where we are now. It's morphed and, and evolved and it's really gotten better. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. So I will put links to wherever you want me to in the show notes. Sure. Uh, soon lane shift, the website. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, definitely the economic impact study from the Walton family foundation um, for biking that was done in 2017. That's a good one. Uh, I would highly recommend looking up the uh, Oz trails mountain biking network. I want to do that one for sure. And then um, it'd be good to look up the trailblazers, uh, here in Northwest Arkansas, the local advocacy organization, um, and especially if you want to dive deeper into how they're uh, providing education for school age kids and how they're they're doing grants and writing grants for kids to have bicycles. And uh, Anya Bruin is a tremendous asset to our community. Anya has just been crushing it over there in the education sector. And so 
I'd highly recommend you talk to her. That's that's one person you probably need to get on this podcast. And just, uh, yeah. What I'm thinking is that it would be worth throwing my equipment in the back of the car and driving to Northwest Arkansas and doing a series of discussions, interviews, whatever, through the area, and then be able to get video, get actual footage of the stuff. And you've got a degree in film, right? <laughs> I do. I do have a degree in filmmaking. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I'd be happy to, well, to, to give you the opportunity. Just to... fun. I've, I've learned a lot in the last three years or so that I've been playing with all this stuff. And it's, uh, you know, I'm an engineer. It's fun to play with. It, it gives me a lot of pleasure to figure out how to do things. So, yeah, but it's. Uh... Anyway, this is, you know, this is just amazing, Ben, to talk to the people that are doing stuff on the ground making the world better for all of us. It's not just better for the elite. It's not just better for the privilege. It's better for all of us. That anytime it's safe and comfortable and good, to, easy to ride, it's safer for everybody. It's safer for drivers. It's safer for walkers. It's safer for the kids and strollers. It's safer for the person in a wheelchair. Um, and it's a lot more pleasant. Mm. And so, you know, how can we go wrong making the world more pleasant for everybody. Can't. No? You just can't. Yeah. So congratulations, Ben. Really appreciate what you're doing for the world. Well, it's, uh, you know, honestly, it's um, where I feel I can add the most value. And, and it's a, it's an honor to be a part of it and, and really to be a part of Lane Shift and to be able to give back in this way just like you're saying, to make this this world a better place and to give people who don't have a voice a voice to create empathy, to uh, be able to nurture future students and kids to be lifelong active transportation users and really understand the community at large and how the role that they play in being able to build up culture to to give them space to do that. It's 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 just remarkable. It's hard to know. I don't think I could have uh, envisioned being here even seven, eight years ago, I'd say, in this place and time and, and being able to work in this in this capacity to do this stuff. So it's it's really it's quite quite amazing. Is Young Life still in existence? It is. Yeah. Okay. I'll put a link to that as well. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. They were. Uh, they were so informative and, and just uh, and for my life and my formation and the friendships that I have even to this day, it's it's been a, a tremendous blessing to to be a part of that as well. Okay, Ben, I appreciate it. It's uh, been a lot of fun, and we'll I'll let you know when this goes up. Yeah. Hey, let me know when you're up here. We're going to get a beer and we're going to ride bikes and at least you. yeah. All right. Take care. Likewise. Okay, that's a wrap with Ben. The work they're doing in Northwest Arkansas is pretty impressive. A lot of the money that comes makes that work possible comes from the Walton Family Foundation. The Waltons started in a small store in downtown Bentonville, and they have spent a lot of their earnings on making the whole area a great place to live, work, and play. And Lane Shift has been right in the middle of it. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and to ring the bell to be notified when we put another podcast up. If you would like to help us keep these stories coming, you can drop a few dollars on Venmo at Tower Hour. Bye for now, and 
Thanks for listening.